Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 42 of Intuitive Bites Podcast. For the show today, I'm chatting with Anna Sweeney, who you probably know from Instagram as Dietitian Anna. If you don't know her, definitely highly recommend following her. Um, Her posts are always on point. And the reason I'm bringing her on today is, first of all, she's just amazing. And second of all, I found one of her posts that was talking about this idea of a healthy lifestyle change. Um, And it was just really insightful. So I wanted to bring her on to chat about that. Um, This is definitely a topic that we've talked about on the podcast before, but I think it's an important one because it's that sneaky diet culture crap that can kind of fly under the radar for a long time. And it it kind of sounds really supportive and helpful, but can really just end up being disordered. So it's really, really great to get Anna's perspective on this topic. Like I said, follow her on Instagram if you're not already. It's Dietitian Anna. And let's go ahead and listen to my conversation with Anna. Hi, Anna. I'm super excited to have you on today. I would love to jump in by having you introduce yourself and kind of the work you do and yeah just just take it from there oh I'm so delighted thanks so much for having me uh, my name is Anna I am a registered dietitian and eating disorder or a certified eating disorder um, registered dietitian and supervisor and I specialize in intuitive eating counseling um, and eating disorder and body image recovery and healing Cool. I, oh, I'm also at Dietitian Anna on, on Instagram. At Dietitian Anna, yes. yes. That's me. That's perfect. Um, I am just curious to ask you this. I don't always ask this question, but how did you come upon like learning about intuitive eating? Um, so I actually, fortunately, it was not, it was not a part of my training at all. Um, it was something that I, I think I was in yeah, I actually was in, at my second job and really kind of feeling I had recently made a transition to really getting really um, involved in the Hayes community in Boston, which is really strong here. Um, and I read Intuitive Eating in about a day and a half. And then I went back and read it for like, you know, read it like it for real. Yeah. Um, and actually just changed the way that I practiced nutrition therapy from kind of the get-go. I don't, I don't know if that's making sense, but it's just, I chose one day to read that book and it, yeah. you know, it shifted everything. I'm so grateful. Yeah. That's so interesting to me because I feel like, like a certain amount of people that I talk to say like they heard about intuitive eating or even they read intuitive eating and it didn't sit with, like it didn't like click with them. And then later on something happened and it clicked with them. Um, and then other people, like for me, I definitely like, it just like when I started hearing about intuitive eating, which was actually from the food psych podcast with Christy Harrison, like it, it was at the perfect time for me that it just absolutely clicked, absolutely resonated. And I like, I ran a hundred miles an hour with it, but I just think it's interesting how people can read it and absorb it in some way, but not like fully have it sink in. If you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And I read it 
probably six years before I became a certified intuitive eating counselor. So I didn't actually go for the credential uh, until a lot, like a long time had passed from the time that I first read the book. Interesting. Very interesting. And yeah. And I feel like, I mean, was it like, I mean, how long ago did you get that certification? I've, so I've had the certification for about three years, which is crazy. That it's only, it's, I mean, it's been, I think it's my most recent certification. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I just got it like a, a few months ago, like officially, because I had kind of, it just took a long time for me to yeah, yeah, yeah. do all the things. I mean, but, it's a process anyway. Yeah. 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 So anyway, let's dive in. Cause I'm super excited to talk to you about this concept of lifestyle changes. Really? It comes up so often, even just in random conversations I have with like family members and friends and coworkers. And it's just like a very, I don't know, buzzword, I guess this idea of lifestyle change you posted recently about, um, I forget. You'll have to read. Do you have the post up? What, sure your, what, did, what, what did it say? It's hot take. If your lifestyle change is unsustainable, it's not a lifestyle change. Yes. Yes. So I love that. Right to the point. So perfect. And I wanted to quote something that you said in the caption, which was, you know, lifestyle changes is lifestyle change is code language for extraordinary attention to a thing or things code language for requiring hypervigilance or rules code language for binary living. So I'm super excited to just hear you speak to that and what that means. So when I hear lifestyle change, and I think this is kind of diet culture's newest um, kind of covert subversive language that says like, I'm not actually here as a diet, but like change your lifestyle and you have, you can have this like shiny, bright, sparkly thing mm -hmm. at the end. Um, and I think that what, what we are missing, it really truly is like, that is just diet culture language on display. Um, and there's, you know, there's nothing else because when someone is actually talking about sustainable lifestyle changes, they're not talking about the things that people on Instagram are talking about when they're saying like lifestyle change, because yeah. changing a lifestyle is not a flashy, it's, it's actually not a flashy thing. Right. Yeah. It's super interesting because I feel like, like what you're saying, like when people are talking about like, Oh, like, you know, do this lifestyle change. It's like, and you know. I don't know. I mean, just like, it's like, do this behavior and do this behavior and do this behavior and cut this out and stop doing this. And so it's like a whole list, which essentially is really just the diet rules laid out. Like you're saying with a shiny, like, Oh, this, but this is just a lifestyle change. Right. <laughs> but it's so shiny and so lovely to look at. And you can take pictures of your food and put them on Instagram and you're like, lifestyle has been changed. Yeah. Um, in that you're like super obsessed with food and body and all of the, like, I think that that is to me the most frustrating part about how casually people speak about lifestyle changes when they're kind of selling them, mm -hmm. not really understanding the amount of energy that someone has to actually put into yeah. attempting to engage in these lifestyle changes. And I'm saying that with air quotes around it. Yeah. Um, because when I think about the lifestyle changes that really are for sale right now, these are someone else's ideas. This is not based on somatic awareness at all. These are disconnected, disconnecting rules. And that's why I mentioned that thing about binary living. It's very much, um, it's very much diet culture on, on display. It's just using a not particularly sexy word and trying to make it sound flashy. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important to say too, like, it's attractive 
Because if we live in this culture, which we do, where it's like, this is the right way to live, and this is the wrong way to live, and this is how you're supposed to be, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you feel all this shame around all the things that you're not living up to compared mm-hmm. to that, like, ideal or whatever. It's like, well, you can just, like, erase all the things that you're shameful about or the things that you don't believe are right in your lifestyle, and you can just, like, overnight shift them to this thing. But it's like, with this gentle word of, like, lifestyle change, which sounds like, I don't know. It doesn't sound rigid, right? Right. Right. It sounds like gentle and like, can you can ease into it and it'll just be perfect. So I think it's, it's attractive because we feel we need to change these things about mm-hmm. our, the way we're living and mm-hmm. we can do it quickly. Right. <laughs> really. And we can do it quickly and we can do it in a way that won't actually disrupt our lifestyle. Yeah. Which is antithetical to what a lifestyle change actually <laughs> Or I suppose antithetical to what a diet does to a lifestyle anyway. Yeah. But but a lifestyle change um, doesn't actually allow for someone to thoughtfully kind of like be in their present moment because it's always about that next, you know, that next thing and getting it right and making it perfect. And yeah. that's not real life. Yeah. And I, I like what you spoke to before about too, like, just the, the amount of energy and like really what that translates to is like obsession that needs mm-hmm. to go in getting it right. So it's like, yeah, it just takes up a lot of space. And so that kind of leads me into my next question for you, which is, you know, what makes a lifestyle change sustainable or unsustainable? Because right, like the term lifestyle change itself doesn't necessarily need to be like this terrible thing, but in diet culture it is. So yeah. So what, what can you say about, it being sustainable or unsustainable. So I think that we have to be really thoughtful when we're talking about lifestyle changes because they can, certainly people can change their lifestyles. Someone can say, like, I, I want to practice like increasing my hydration. I want to um, make sure that I'm drinking more water. I want to attempt to get more fresh foods into my diet, eat more fruits and vegetables. Um, and obviously there's financial privilege involved there. Um, but that is, that is something that can come with a gentle intention. Someone can actually make changes that way in the same way that saying something about like athletics. So say someone is saying, I want to be more fit. And so they decide to add in a 15 minute gentle walk during their lunch break that is an actually sustainable thing that doesn't require extraordinary energy and extraordinary diligence and extraordinary attention. And it's also not something that is going to really mess up their lives if it gets interrupted. So when you go on vacation, like it's not going to be the end of the world. If your quote lifestyle change takes a little bit of a break, you're just like, okay, I'm going to take this in stride. Um, as compared to what I think we're seeing in popular culture right now that says diet, I mean, diet culture is a diet or life, uh, sorry, lifestyle changes right now are all about diets. Mm -hmm. A a sustainable lifestyle change is something that someone is going to be able to commit to doing forever. And as I mentioned in my post, my partner is sober. That's a lifestyle change that he made. And that's a legitimate lifestyle change and it requires extraordinary rigidity because he, he, he cannot, he can't drink. Mm-hmm. So that, and that is something that he has to be rigid about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea that that has to be the way that we are interacting with food or movement, 
I, I completely, completely, completely disagree with that as a, as a concept. We don't need to do that. If we actually want to change our lifestyles in sustainable ways around food and body, mm-hmm. we have to be gentle and generous. Yeah, I love that perspective. And I think it's interesting to kind of compare those things because like you said, it's, you, we can't do that with food and movement. Uh, we can't just avoid food and movement. We can't cut them out. And, you know, with something like drinking, that's not, you know, essential for life. That's not, you know, whereas food and movement, of course, are. So I think, you know, trying to apply that rigidity to food and movement is where we are getting into a lot of trouble. Absolutely. So why do you think that, I guess, like, why do you think that diet culture is kind of using this term lifestyle change? Like, why is that this new, why is that attractive to, I don't know. I think it's the same thing that's like happening with Weight Watchers, right? Like it's still Weight Watchers, but they're rebranding because the world knows that diets don't work. And so diet, like it, it's not a question, right? If you have efficacy of 5%, maybe over the course of like two to five years, that is not an effective intervention in any sort of science ever. So the world is now getting... And I'm actually seeing this reflected in my practice. I don't know if you are too. People are getting more keen and more like suspicious of diet culture because it's a big sham. Yeah. And so I think that diet culture is now trying to look a little bit less sham worthy and say like, oh no, it's a lifestyle change. Like you too can participate in this thing and it's not a diet because if we say it's a diet, you're going to run away from it. So we're going to shroud it in this pretty again, lifestyle is not a sexy word, but like they, they're trying to make it this like fancy new thing. Whereas it's just repackaged. What does Fiona Sutherland say? Like glittery shit. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm thinking about, um, I, I lost my thought. This always happens to me. I like, I try and attach to a thought and then it runs away from me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying totally there. So what would your recommendation be to somebody who's like in this place where they're like, I feel like I want to make a lifestyle change or I want to change X, Y, Z about like what's going on in my life right now. And I feel discouraged that like, that's not the right thing to do. Like how can people make changes to what's going on in their life without it being unsustainable? Mm-hmm. So I would get really curious about what someone wants to change and why they want to make those changes, right? So if, if the change is based on changing an aesthetic or if the change is based on something external fitting in or, you know, being able, even being able to like say fit into a piece of clothing that was from another part of your life, um, I, I would really encourage people to get really curious about what it is, that, again, what they're actually seeking when they're doing that. So is it, I want to feel connected to my peers. I want to feel like I'm 17 again. I want to feel more confident or comfortable in my body because the thing is there are ways for us to attain, um, comfort in our skin that is not about changing our bodies, right? We can take care of ourselves in really thoughtful ways that perhaps will not result in physical shifts at all. And so really, really backing out of everything that kind of whatever this lifestyle change that is desired, um, get again, getting curious about like, what are the outcomes that you're desiring? Why are you, why are you looking for those things? 
and evaluating whether or not the things that you are seeking feel like they're actually attainable in the long term. And is there a way that you can gently get towards whatever goal it is that you have in a way that won't be disruptive to your lifestyle? Because I believe that that is the kicker. Like if, if your lifestyle is going to suffer as a result of your lifestyle change, it will not work. Yeah. It, it won't be something you'll stick with. Yeah. And so we have to be just really generous about where we, you know, where we start and where we're going. I love that. I think it's really good advice to say like, let's dig in. Like, it's not to say like, you can't try and change these things, but like first taking a step back and saying like, but why? And what am I hoping to get from that? Because there's always something underneath there. Um, and I remembered what I was going to say earlier. And that, I, that was that I was thinking of the fact that like, you know, some person, one person could say, I want to add a 15 minute walk to my lunch. And another person could say the same thing. And for one person, it could be sustainable and supportive and all the things. And for the other person, it could be disordered, literally. Right? Totally. It's not about like the actual specific thing. It's about what it is means for that individual person. And the things that were coming up in my head, we're thinking about like, if the quote unquote lifestyle change, or if like the change you're looking to make is supportive to you personally, and is aligned with like your own values, right? Mm -hmm. So like, it's like what you were speaking to before where certain diets and things are like, it's somebody else's rules and somebody else's things that like are just trying to, you're trying to kind of like implement and, and be able to stick to. But if it's not rooted in something that's like within yourself, then that's not going, that's not going to be sustainable. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. Okay. So Anna, I would love for you to share with everyone where they can find you, what resources you have, all the things. Um, so you can find me on, I'm going to just shout out Instagram because it's my favorite place to be. Um, I'm at dietitian Anna and I do have, and I'm very nervous to say this out loud because this is the first place I'm saying anything like this. Um, I have a course that's coming out, which feels really, really scary to me because who the heck am I to put out a course? <laughs> um, but stay tuned guys. I will get myself together and have the guts to put this yeah. out sometime soon yeah so we're getting like the really like there's not even like a, a title or a release nope, date it's just like it's coming there's nothing that's yeah. super exciting and I was telling you I don't even think this was while we were recording but like I absolutely adore your content every time your post comes up I'm like yes I'm so excited so I'm sure the court the course that you're gonna release is gonna be awesome so keep us you know, keep us in the loop. <laughs> oh, I sure will. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Anna. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 42. If you've been listening to this podcast and you've been enjoying it, please take a moment to head over to iTunes and leave a rating or review. Um, I know I sound like just one of those people that's saying that right now, but um, I highly appreciate it. Um, obviously, it helps this message get out to more people, which is what I want. And I know you guys listening probably want that as well. Um, so that would be fantastic. Also, if you enjoyed the conversation with Anna, I can't recommend her Instagram enough. She's always putting out really, really high quality content with just like things that will make you think. Um, so it's Dietitian Anna. That's her, her handle on Instagram. All right, guys. Well, I hope you have an awesome week and I will be talking to you soon.